Welcome to the Daily Business Hustle podcast. My name is Alexander Vitkin. I'm the creator and founder of the Daily Business Hustle. On this podcast, I share with you my top unbiased business advice, sales advice, and I talk to the world's top experts in their fields related to business. Hi, welcome. I'm Alexander Vitkin, and this is my friend Lucas here, who's decided to join today. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a very interesting and detailed topic. Actually, we're going to be live for about 30 minutes, so get ready for a long ride. Uh, the topic is ir- the irrefutable laws of business. That in- Basically, we're going to discuss the, the rules that you need to follow in business if you want to succeed. This applies to almost any type of business. And uh, also, these are the top mistakes almost all beginners make when starting out. And uh, you don't really have to make these mistakes because you can learn from their mistakes, from other people's mistakes, at no additional cost by watching this video, essentially. So with me here is Lucas, who's a Daily Business Hustle member. Uh, He's killing it right now with sales. He's done $15,000 in sales in February, and he's joining me uh, here on this live stream as well. Welcome, Lucas. Yo. Hey, man. Hey. So... Let's let's get right into it. I'm sure people are very curious uh, what we're going to talk about. So the first thing that we're going to talk about, by the way, before we get started, what does your business do, Lucas, just so people, because I know everyone's going to ask this, it's better than just tell us. And I have an explaining video agency, so we make uh, animated videos, uh, and we focus on making videos that improve conversions of websites, so yeah. we call it sales, uh, sales videos. Uh, you know, because people don't want to read anymore. So uh, we help companies explaining their concept with a catchy animated video. Okay, awesome. So you did $15,000 with that, uh, with your agency, which uh, which is a creative agency, you could say, marketing creative agency. So yeah. you're more than qualified to sit here with me and uh, uh, help me explain these topics. So let's let's get started with the first irrefutable law of business. The very first rule, that is absolutely crucial for you to succeed in business or almost anything else really. So the first rule that you need to learn is the, um, it's not a very pretty title, but it's the standing by your word and promises, okay? So one of the most important things in business is that people can trust you. If you wanna build a long-term business or any relationship, you need massive amount of trust. Basically, the, the old saying is trust is easily lost and takes a long time to build. Actually, I don't know if that's the exact thing, but uh, you know what I mean, right? So today, actually, if you you look at how business works with the internet, it's quite easy to scam people. Uh, Have you ever seen scams on the internet, Lucas? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh, I haven't been really scammed that much, but it's really, uh, everything is going online. So we wanna do more online, but the trust, of course, uh, it's really hard to trust people nowadays, uh, you know, especially, uh, yeah, you can set up a website that easy. You can build a company very easy online. So uh, I think that that's, uh, gets a lot of uh, companies, uh, yeah, they, they have trouble trusting online entrepreneurs. Interesting. Yeah, a, a good example, by the way, uh, is eBay. So when they first started, I actually remember when they were starting out, this was a, uh, if you're in your 30s, you may remember it as well. Not Maybe you don't, Lucas, maybe you weren't that active on the internet back then. But basically, when eBay started, no one thought it would work. People thought eBay would fail horribly. Even, uh, even, even, so eBay even took it to the point where it had like an escrow service to make sure that money doesn't get paid until items arrive and stuff like that. But what it turned out was 
that it was too strict. It wasn't really necessary to have that service. And, and people weren't actually scamming themselves. It was not necessary to scam people. You could make a lot more money without scamming people on eBay. So the founders of eBay said that the whole platform is based on the inherent goodness of people. If you go look up interviews with these guys, they're all saying this whole system, the whole platform is based that people are good and that they don't scam you, right? Uh, what do you think of that, Lucas? Yeah, I, th I think that that's uh, most important. Uh, that also what I always try to do, of course, in, in my calls is focus on trust. You know, you like make a, a good Small website. I, I do a lot of trust. So I do a lot of video content. You know, mm -hmm. I want to provide also my, my uh, prospects with video content. I want to do, the more I do with video, uh, the more they will get to know you and you build more trust. So I think trust is uh, super important uh, online. Yeah. And do people in your country, you're from Holland, in case people don't know where Lucas is from, you're from Holland. So do people in your country do a lot of business together without contracts or do you have to use contracts? Not that much, not that much. Like the bigger the company, uh, they need a contract, but like smaller companies, they, no, they don't need that much, no. Yeah, I've, I've also noticed the same thing. Basically, anywhere where there is really high quality of life, um, you'll find one commonality, and that is the in these places, the companies and the people have a high level of trust. For example, in Holland, where you're from, uh, Netherlands, as you like to call it, right? Uh, the, Trust level is very, very high between people compared to other countries. Uh, well, I'm not going to say any countries, but you can imagine, right? So, yeah. so in my opinion, at least, it's the highest value asset, uh, even more valuable than money because you can turn trust into money. And in my opinion, you can't even do anything. Like nothing exists. Business does not exist without trust. Nope. So, for example, do you have any employees right now, Lucas? Uh, I work with I work with freelancers, so I don't have employees on the contract, but I work with a lot of. Uh, I, I have a team, of course. So uh, yeah. Do any of them ever not come, or do their work on time, for example, or not show up at all, or just disappear? Um, I haven't had that. That someone didn't uh, just vanished. Uh, but you really always have to be uh, like I, I've with my salespeople. I call them every Monday and every Friday. Uh, to keep them on point, uh, because I work online. My team works. I uh, got uh, people in Belgium and Holland, uh, one in the UK. So, of course, they're not physically in my office. So I don't know what they're doing every day. So what I do is, of course, uh, when I call them twice a week, I got a, a, an Excel sheet where they every day need to fill in what they're doing, because I need to know what they're doing. And it's really uh, hard because they work in their time. So you can't expect that much. You know, they're not working 40 hours per week for me. Um, yeah. so, uh, sometimes you really have to, uh, when you make the rules, uh, on forehand and you're very strict, then the chance is smaller that they will, will flake on you. Also, if you provide them with enough, uh, I said enough training and of course you, you can offer them an interesting deal, then they're mostly stay, uh, loyal. Uh, but of course no one is perfect. You know, uh, sometimes they, they forget stuff or they just don't, don't answer your call. Uh, so you need to be really strict on that. But I haven't had a, a team member that just vanished or did a really, really shitty job. Uh, maybe one time an animator, but then uh, I always start with a testing period. So for like an animator, start with one video as a test or with a, a sales guy, start like only on commission. And then you can really find out how they work. And if you, uh, for some reason, uh, the collaboration isn't that good or the communication isn't good, you can cut them off really fast and then find a better one. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. 
Yeah. I, I've also noticed when working with people from Holland, by the way, uh, everyone's always on time. It's like, a, oh. oh, you're not on time? Are you out of your no, mind? We're, we're not on time. We're 10 minutes early. 10 minutes early. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, one of my old mentors from Belgium, uh, which is very similar cu culture, obviously, right? So he used to say that uh, to be on time, you have to be even an hour early if you're going to sell to. Well, that's a little bit much, man. <laughs> but I always I learned because I, I used to work in sales, and my sales mentor also told me always be ten minutes early. And I also did it when I went to job interviews before I had my own business. And the reason why I did it is there's always something that can go wrong, like you can miss a bus, you can miss a train or whatever. So if if you aim ten minutes early, you're still on time. Uh, but that mindset I still have, and, and I know this in other countries, they don't have it. So I'm always on time and people like 15 minutes later. And that's sometimes really frustrating because in my habit is be on time. You know, it's really important because I hate being late and other people don't have that. And sometimes it's difficult to, to work with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, welcome to Christopher, Gabriel, Alvaro, Hubert, Bumesh, Drew, and everyone else who's watching. Those are hi so uh, everyone else uh, you have to say hi as well if you want to <laughs> if you want uh, us to welcome you so in conclusion just i have a conclusion for 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 the whole trust thing that we discussed right so the contracts and agreements basically that that people have not just written contracts and agreements but any contra contracts and agreements uh it's basically the closest thing we have to the ability to create the future because if everyone agrees that if that they're going to do something and they actually do it, that's pretty much a, a way to create the future, to shape the world. And uh, if there is no such trust, if people just flake and disappear, don't show up, don't do their work, uh, civilization can uh, exist. Like we, we, we can't be alive like that, right? If, if the farmers don't make the food, we're going to die. We can't do the, make the food ourselves. Well, I, the think, whole I think what you're saying is that the, the contract part, that's the trust issue that happens when they're ready to buy. But I think what's more important is the trust before they're buying. Let's, yeah. say, let's say you have an ad and people see your uh, your website. Before they even want a contract, they want to know, can I trust this guy? So I think it's really important to also have more trust before talking about a contract. Because if you want to get them on the call, they must know you're legit. They must trust that you can offer the things that you show, that the, the portfolio that, that you show is true. So I think it's also important to have trust on beforehand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So the contract is very logical. Okay, contract, okay, we're going to do this. But to get them to want the contract or to want to work with you, you want to also show trust. Like, hey, uh, I've doing this for th this many years. I'm an expert. Uh, this equality, we, we can do it. Or the results, because a lot of companies want results. Like, okay, because uh, if they want to uh, do business with me or like a Facebook ad guy that promised them more sales, they want to trust you. Like, can you do that? Or are you just, you know, uh, talking shit? So it's important what, what my mentor is telling me now, what I should focus on is like business cases. Mm -hmm. So what I'm focusing on now is I want to have like uh, clients that I can, uh, for example, I do explaining videos to improve conversions. So what I should have is like a Google Analytics before my video and after my video where you see an improvement. If that's a very important part of the trust, because if you can show them what you did for other companies and what the results were, then your trust is like 10 times better than if you just say it, you know? Yeah. If you have those things, so business cases and what I do, a lot of video content. So I film myself where I explain what we do. So they see my face and not just text on the website. If you have that, the trust is high. And then if, if they want to work with you, you have an awesome uh, contract. That's even more trust. Then 
the, the closing rate is of course super high because they know what you can do. They know you're gonna deliver and you're gonna keep your word. So those two together, they're crucial. Okay, makes sense. Very, it's very practical advice, by the way. <laughs> so, I, I, I talk sometimes. I talk too much about the the big world out there instead of practical advice. So, thanks for <laughs> thanks for adding that in. So, cool. the next thing, the next irrefutable law of business. Uh, let's just jump right into that one. Is um, that as business owners and as marketers, we need to fulfill the needs and solve the problems that people already have instead of forcing our ideas on the world. So basically at the deepest level, business is about value exchange, right? So each party needs to get more value or perceived value than they give. So if you don't get more for your money than you've paid for, all right, then uh, you're not gonna buy again. So, yeah. and the other way around as well. So we all become richer because of this rule. If we follow this rule, we become richer. If we don't follow this rule, we're going to be out of business really, really fast. And because we don't work in a border society, you know, where people exchange services instead of paying each other money, um, you know, we, we're focused on money. Money is super, super important. People say money is not the most important thing, etc. But money is pretty, pretty far up there on the uh, on the scale of importance, right? So we need yeah. to deliver way more value than the money that is being paid uh, to do anything successfully, right? So the client needs to have the belief and understanding of how you're solving their specific problem that is valuable for them so they can improve also, their lives and their business, right? It's also the best way to stand out because there's so much competition nowadays and most people only deliver their thing. But if you can give more, chance is higher that will go for you. Like for example, with explaining videos, like the, there are a lot of companies that make this, like I'm, I'm not the only one, like a lot of companies, they make explaining videos even better than me. But what they do is we make a video, here you go. But what we want to do is we want to offer more. Okay, let's look at your website. Oh, maybe we can uh, give you some tips on how to optimize your website. Oh wait, let's install Google Analytics. Let's see what you're doing. Oh, but how's your traffic? Okay, maybe we can get some traffic. Like I work with a lot of partners that can do like Facebook ads or, or LinkedIn, whatever. So I want to deliver more because uh, most companies, they always need more than one thing. They think they need a video, but actually they need like a better website. They need a CRO, they need a Facebook ad, but they don't know that. So a normal company would maybe say, okay, we make a video, here you go. But if I say, hey, uh, I'm going really in depth in this problem and really digging for it, and then he will find, see like, oh shit, this guy's an expert and he really wants to help me because I really want my clients to get more sales. Because if that happens, I get awesome business cases, uh, more referrals than if I would only say, okay, we make videos, here's your video, have fun, you know? Yeah, and, and I like what you're saying there because it, it clearly shows that you do listen to your clients because you said, you know, they, they want this, this and that. You obviously listened to them, they told you that. So a lot of what a lot of people do, they decide to start a business because they think an idea of theirs is clever and they enjoy something. So a, a great question that I like to ask is, A, when doing something that doesn't seem very enjoyable from the onset, would you enjoy doing this as a business if you could make $10,000 per month in profit from anywhere in the world while doing this without working more than 45 hours a week? Right. If you don't like what you're doing, but you would still make 10K per month working only 45 hours a week and you could travel in your world. Right. So would you do that? And then B is the second question I'd like to ask people when doing something that initially seems very enjoyable, 
which is the opposite of previous question, right? Something you start something that see, seems super enjoyable in the beginning. Would you enjoy doing this even if you don't um, feel like it while not getting paid and having to get a job to support your hobby? In other words, if you did what you currently believe you love, what you're passionate about right now, and you got paid so little money for that, that you'd need to get a job to support your new activity, in other words, your hobby, would you still do it? So those two questions. And if you really, really keep asking people, you keep hammering, 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 they're gonna come up with the answer that is no. I would not do something that I currently enjoy if that meant that I still had to get a job uh, to, to keep doing this, right? So that, that's why in DBH, we also recommend that people uh, start a business in something that's in demand, not something that they're necessarily already passionate about. Although sometimes those things and are- And also what I believe, what I believe, like I had like a call last week with some DBH members and someone also said like, yeah, I do AdWords, but I don't really like it. And like he said, how do I get more motivation to do this? And what I told him, like uh, what I believe, like everyone has some sort of instinct, like you want to help people, right? Yeah. Some people want to do it a lot. Some people a little bit, but we all like to help people. You know, um, we like to offer value. So what I told him is, what you're not you're not selling AdWords. You know, you're 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 selling your your clients a way to grow their business, to to get more money, to to take care of their family, to do whatever. Like you're helping them make their life better. You know, so actually your service, your with your service, what might be boring like AdWords, you're actually helping people improve their lives. You know, so if you maybe change that mindset and really look at what, no, I'm not selling this product. I'm, I'm, I'm helping people, uh, you know, improving their lives. I think that that's a way better uh, way to look at it because that's what we're doing. Like if I have a client that maybe gets maybe, I don't know, let's say two sales uh, per month and with my uh, service and maybe my partners, we can double or triple his sales and he gets more money and he, and he can hire people that get jobs and he can take care of family even better, whatever. You know, that's a way better mindset, I think. So maybe then that way you kind of can make your not so awesome product or, or service more interesting for yourself. How do you, how do you think about it, by the way? Uh, so so I, I agree. Like if, if you can if you can help people and you're really selling them the result, like to improve their lives, uh, ultimately what people do when they're buying is they're making emotional buying decisions, right? So if you can get closer to that, and closer to what their true deepest desires are, um, it doesn't really matter what you sell so much. It's more yeah. important actually getting them those results or getting them closer to those results. And by the way, um, let me just interrupt this for one second here. Uh, I have a question for all the guys watching because I can see there's a bunch of people watching here. So has this ever happened to you guys? Have you ever started a business or do you know anyone who runs a business where they're offering something that initially they weren't super passionate about, but now it's like the gospel. They're like super excited about. It. Does anyone know such a business owner? I can name quite a few, by the way, but that's because you know I, I, I'm in the industry. Uh, I'm just curious what the audience says. And while they're answering in the comments below, uh, let's just continue here. So here's a small story, uh, Lucas. So some of my friends who are amazing artists, by the way, I, I'm not so much of an artist. I'm more of an entrepreneur. Um, for you, you're. I'd say you're also mostly an entrepreneur, right? Although a lot of art is involved in your business. Yeah. Uh, so so um, basically here's their claim. So my friends who are artists, they say that they don't want to turn their true passion, their art, right? Painting or singing or whatever. They don't want to turn that into their daily business because 
they'd be forced to perform it in a way that counters creativity and makes them into a service delivery machine, right? So instead of them being creative and doing stuff that really they're passionate about, they have to turn their passion into a machine that makes money. And what they're saying is passion can be kept a passion separate from business. And this way it can stay pure. What do you think of that statement? Uh, I, I, I partly agree because what I hear a lot, if uh, a lot of people that, that are following their passion, when they do it as a job, in the end, it will turn out, it, it will turn into a job and mm. it will be less satisfying because it's a job now and they do it every day. So uh, what seems like a passion, a lot of people that, that are making it into a job in the end will, uh, yeah, the satisfaction will, will get less because it's, it's getting to be like, like a real job, you know, and, and. So I think uh, they, they want to have their own their own control over it. They, they want to decide everything because if you make the job, other people are deciding what they want. And for some people, maybe that that uh, takes away their creativity. I don't know. Uh, so I, I think a lot of creative people wouldn't want it as their own full time job because it would take away some creativity, some freedom, and some control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So also. Uh, in my opinion, a new business can become a passion when you yeah. build it in a way that delivers massive positive change to the world, right? So in other words, it's possible to create passion. So that does exactly. Yeah. You can, you can even get passion for, you know, improving yourself. Like building a business is also building your own, your own skills. You have to learn so much. You have to develop yourself so much to, to even succeed. You know, because we all know like 80 or 95% fail in the last, in the first two years of a business. So to only survive that, you have to learn and grow so much that only uh, can be a passion, you know, and also the opportunities uh, it brings you can be very, uh, not like a passion, but it can give you the same feelings. Like, whoa, shit, I got freedom. Whoa, shit, I can just travel. I can live wherever I want. You know, that like you can have maybe like a boring service, but if you live in an awesome place with, uh, you work with awesome people. You know, that can also be uh, a great motivation. Mm, I agree. So like you're doing right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So basically, let, let's go to the next irrefutable law of business, okay? So having your best, your clients, your prospects, best interests in mind. So what do I mean by this? So here's, here's what people believe sales is. This is not my belief. This is what people, some people believe sales is. Trying to push something on people and trying to convince them no matter the cost for maximum short-term profit for the seller, right? That's what some people believe sales is. If they go to like a used car salesman or something like that, uh, that's the feeling that they get. Uh, or they just have this feeling just by watching Hollywood movies or something like that. And uh, let's be honest, it's all happened to us. Uh, let me know in the comments, guys, if, if, you, <laughs> if you agree. Um, most people have been sold something they shouldn't have in their lives. If you're above the age of 23, especially or 24, you've been, you had a job for a few years, you already bought something significant like a car or a house uh, or something like that. Most of us have bought something that we don't really need. Someone sold us something that we don't really need. So when you think back to that experience, how many times have you refunded it, say from Amazon or somewhere else, and would you buy it from the same people again? And are any of the people who sold you stuff that you refunded millionaires? How's that? Uh, what, what do you have to say about the, that, Lucas? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, but that, that's the whole thing. I think everyone knows that like if you're like a sleazy sales guy and you're actually selling crap or, you know, not selling what they need, uh, in the end, it will catch, uh, catch, uh, catch up on you, you know? Like uh, we all know like uh, providing value works and giving the best uh, thing you can offer because it gives you referrals, it gives you recurring clients. Like even yesterday I had like a client that want like, I think already the fourth video we want, uh, you know? So that, that, that of course that works. And I think it's also a good motivation because you want to be able to uh, provide the best service you can give, you know? Because it's, uh, it's way more fulfilling uh, of course, it's easy to sell like a shitty product, but you won't last that long, uh, you know, or you must be a really good salesperson, but it's easier to build like an awesome product. Yeah. Because I have to say, it's really funny. Like every time when, for some reason, uh, I get like negative feedback of a client, uh, it, it motivated me to make my product better and my product got better, which got me more sales. Because if I look back when I started like last year, the, the 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 process and the quality of my videos are are like five times better now because of the negative feedback so if i was like a stubborn salesman like fuck you uh i don't listen to you i'm still gonna sell this product to all to everyone i wouldn't be here right now because when i get negative feedback okay that doesn't work let's change that none of the, oh negative feedback okay let's change this then oh works and that way you evolve your, your yourself your business and your product uh, which will of course make your product better and what's get you more sales because if your product is awesome you know because a lot of competition and you keep uh improving yourself then in the end your business will grow uh, way faster mm. by the way let me just read something quick here from from some of our uh guys watching this so connor a uh, member of the business hustle by the way hi, hey connor so he says in relation to alice's question a lot of members he's referring to daily business hustle members seem to love their service more over time also, building a service seems like a no-brainer. The opportunities it brings plus time for your creative pursuits in spare time. So what Connor is saying is uh, a lot of members grow to love their service that they are learning to sell. And also it frees up a lot of time so they can pursue other passions as well. I agree with this. I agree it frees up a lot of time if you run your business properly. So also relating to what you said, uh, Lucas, you said, it brings a lot of referrals. So how much would that company that we just, uh, that I used as an example earlier on, right? So if that company, instead of scamming uh, us, right, and, and forcing us to ask for a refund, instead of doing that, it delivered an awesome service, right? How much more money would they have made if we stuck with them, kept paying them, and referred 10 new clients to them, right? So your clients right now are referring people to you, right? So how much, how much of your sales comes for referrals? Like 50%, 40, 30? No, 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 I don't get like 50% of my sales are not referrals, but you, you'll get referrals from time to time, but you also got yeah. recurring clients, you know, that, that come back for, uh, you know, or they want to say, uh, want to have another uh, video or whatever, they want a different service uh, or like an extra service. Like sometimes I upsell them, uh, my partners, you know, cause they want more than just a video. Because uh, they want to stick with you, because you know that you already got the the, the relation, you got the good uh, result, the good video. So they're like, okay, this guy legit. Uh, so they trust you. So when they come to me, like, hey, can you also help me with this? I'm like, sure. Like, you know, I got people that are experts in this, so uh, I refer them, of course, my partners. And so it's also a, a way of uh, referrals. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And and of course, of course, you get that all those upsells and referrals. You get that because you deliver and they're actually happy. Yeah. If they weren't happy, 
and it and they trust me because they're like this guy knows what he's talking about can you help us some more like sure of course you know yeah and I, I think if you look at any successful billionaire company out there, like let's just use the big examples like Amazon, eBay, Walmart, Starbucks, et cetera, um, any, of service, any of the services that we tend to use on a regular basis, do you have any doubt when buying from them that you will get your uh, item that you've bought? Or, and if you don't get it, uh, or if there's some issue, do you have any doubt about them having your back and giving you the money back or doing whatever it takes to make it better again. Of, of course you don't have any doubt. That's why they're a billionaire company because they have a massive amount of trust. You give them the, your credit card numbers, your visa card numbers, so they keep it on file so you can buy from them easier. You're not making it harder on them because you trust them, right? Yeah, and always like try to over deliver. That, that works even better. You know, what they say, like the, the woe effect. Like if they're like, wow, you know, then then yeah, that, that's, that's very effective because, you know, it's also easier to upsell them. You know, yeah, and be, because what they really, you know, the, those companies, what they're really protecting is the culture of trust, which is the you could call it also the spirit of entrepreneurship, what business is all about, basically. So that's also one of the most valuable things in society is basically trust. So you cannot even put uh, a number on the trust people have in business, right? So the, the value of that is so high, it's so much higher than the revenue of those companies. And if you look at, for example, the value of companies like Amazon, et cetera, uh, if you just look at numbers like market capitalization, like how can a company be worth $800 billion? That's more than the entire country of, of uh, you know, Netherlands produces in revenue in, uh, in GDP in a whole year. How is that possible? It's because of the huge, huge level of worldwide trust the company has. So if suddenly people started thinking that they wouldn't get something when paying on Amazon or to Apple or anywhere else, those businesses would disappear almost overnight. It's a huge scandal. Yeah. And obviously this isn't going to happen. There's way too much money at stake. They're not going to let that happen. So let's, let's just move on to the fourth point here. So the fourth irrefutable law of business. By the way, we are only covering six points in this live stream. And uh, the next one, uh, which is, I believe, um, uh, Thursday, I'm covering another few. Uh, so the fourth one is to scale after a product or service has been proven and not before. This is one of the most common mistakes that I see uh, beginners make. They, they start a business and they try to invest money into advertising without first figuring out if it's a viable product or service. And the point of business is to make money. That's the primary purpose. Even if you have higher goals like helping the world, the primary purpose is to make the money because if without the money, without the cash flow, et cetera, you're not going to have any business to speak of. So you're not going to be able to help people anyway. So there's this big romantic idea of a startup culture with venture capitalists and investments and shark tanks and dragon dens and all that stuff, right? So investing in businesses and ideas all that culture, all that stuff that you see on TV is a way to multiply wealth is if you already have wealth, right? It's not a way to generate money. It's a way to multiply wealth. For example, if you had a million dollars and wanted to turn it into $2 million, real estate is great. But if you've got five to $10,000 and you want to turn it into $20,000, there's very little you can do with real estate, for example, right? But if you're starting off with 50 to $100,000 in your bank account, then investing in ideas or online stores, etc., is a little bit too risky, and that investing in real in, in um, online stores is too risky for you. Um, then maybe you should do something else. So I recently read a post from someone who'd saved up three hundred thousand dollars, 
from working in a large corporation and then proceeded to work his way down to $20,000. So he went down, he lost almost everything through just a series of ventures. He was trying to invest the money as if he's a, uh, like some kind of serial entrepreneur, right? And he was asking what to do with his final $20,000. So I, what I wish when I read this article is that he'd reached out to me a bit earlier uh, than, than after spending uh, almost all his money. Um, because certainly some people, uh, you know, some people, they are in Dale Business Hustle, they've, they're at minus $200,000, for example, right? And it's not that bad. However, it's better, in my opinion, to just start a fucking service business. As your first business, start a service business. There's very little investment required. There's very little risk. Guys, they just, they don't need any, almost any money to get started. And they could just get sales, prove the concept, and then scale. Instead of the other way around, which was uh, spend $280,000 testing stuff and building a brand. What do you think of that, uh, Lucas? Yeah, I think people nowadays uh, are, are very short-term minded. Like they they don't they don't uh, want to take the time. They want everything very fast, very fast. You know, fast results, fast things. Because uh, you really have to, especially when you're starting out. You know, you still need to find out like how the process works, how, how you build your your servers, or what kind of clients you need. Who is your ideal client? So, uh, of course, you can you can. Uh, do a lot of advertising to get information, but first you uh, have to look at your uh, your own delivery. You know, like how 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 is the process? Uh, how is the delivery? Because uh, you have to optimize that. Because if you scale too fast and get like a lot of clients and you can't deliver them, uh, you know, get a lot of people that want their money back. So uh, if the first and most important thing is your delivery process that must be like uh, super tight, super uh, smooth, and it must be running like also without you. You know. Because uh, if you want to scale, you must have the people or the, the process to deliver that, uh, you know, to deliver to those people. And if you do it too fast, yeah, your business can crumble because you cannot uh, deliver for everyone. And that uh, uh, is not good for your business. Yeah. And to get back to the 300K guy, uh, if he just started his, for example, he started a service business, it's almost impossible to lose money with a service business because you try getting a few sales, you see if you can deliver, you see you can find the right guys to help you with delivery. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You don't have to invest anything more into it there, right? So it's also uh, possible to start a business like that by investing just one to $3,000. And then he'd be able to scale um, after that once there is a proven ROI. So you invest 3K, you get 9K, that's proven ROI. That's when you invest, not before that. So. And then after that, he can invest all the money he's making from his service business, which a lot of people do, right? Probably you're going to do that someday as well. You can invest the money you make from a service business into a more scalable business model. For example, you can invest in real estate for like a really safe investment. You can uh, create a SaaS. Once you know how to work with tech people, you invest in a SaaS, create that so you don't have to work on delivery anymore and so on and so forth. There's a million ideas that you can uh, generate once you have very good cash flow. So... We also have members with six figures sums invested in real estate that bring in a solid number of, you know, a solid amount of income every single month. And then they have a service business on the side for aggressive investments and to generate profit and living expenses, right? So they're not using their real estate to invest aggressively. They're using their 
service business and the money from that to invest aggressively. And maybe one out of 10 investments that is invested aggressively is going to make money and that's going to be a lot of money, right? But they can afford to that because they have the service business because they're generating the six figures a year with nearly zero risk from the service business. Meanwhile, there's guys blowing their family's entire life savings on pipe dreams, MLMs, Forex scams, and even real brick and mortar businesses that are poorly thought out. And it's just such a shame when I see that because it, it's really not necessary. And all this while their children are having to eat spaghetti on a daily basis because they are wasting all their money on, 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 you know, Forex or whatever. So sorry to go so dark there, but I really wanted to drive that point there because it's, I think it's really important. And when I see that, it really it almost breaks my heart because I'm like, come on guys, what are you doing? So let's get back to the fifth point. And that is business partners. Okay. So the fifth irrefutable law of business is don't get business partners early on uh, unless you know what you're doing. So here's what I mean by that. So many guys message me saying that when they had started their first business, uh, they did it with a business plan, a business partner. And if you're going into a business with someone, you should be 100% certain that the money you're going to generate together uh, is going to be significantly higher than the money you would generate yourself, yeah. right? So what too often happens, and I'm sure you've seen this with your, maybe with a former client, for example, uh, is that a business starts to generate uh, money, then a business partner joins, and uh, they have to double their price to reach the same amount of results per person in a business. So they, in other words, they're not competitive anymore. So they have two people with 50-50, so they need to double their price and they become uncompetitive as a result. And there's a million variations of this. Have you ever met a business or a business person who's in a situation like that, uh, Lucas? I had it uh, I had myself uh, three years ago. Uh, I had, before I had this business, I had a different business uh, where I made, a video, I made video resumes and mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, I wanted to scale, so I needed like a salesperson. But the salesperson was very ambitious, and he said like uh, I want to work with you, but I want to have like equity or something. Uh, and in that time, uh, I, I for some reason I thought like uh, I think I was, uh, saw like a very a lot of romantic uh, movies and stories about like a team that uh, builds a business together and do awesome shit. And so I thought, oh, maybe I should have a business partner. Uh, mm -hmm. And he was like a sales guy. I was one of the creative guys. So I thought, oh, maybe it's a perfect match. But it brought a lot of stress. It's really, if you go with a business partner, it's like a marriage. You need to be 110% sure you can work together, you want to work together. And also, if you want to have a business partner, that you, uh, you, it must be in a situation that you can't go without him. If you can't build your business without him, you need him. If you can't do it without him, don't, don't, don't use him. You only should do it if you need the other person. If you can build your business without him, you you should do it. Also, you must have different uh, qualities. Like okay. he's like a sales guy, commercial guy. I'm like creative guy. That's like a good match. But if you're both sales guys, that you must, you know, uh, you must complement each other. <laughs> so that's really important. And and yeah, like also because it was my business and I brought someone in. So I was like thinking, well, thinking, well, what the fuck I made, I, I found this company and I give, have to give like almost half to him. So that's really uh, difficult. So yeah, I, I won't do that again that fast because it's really tricky. It's really like a marriage. Like I almost did it because we had like a, a trial for three months. 
but the three months was very stressful because every time when I was working 10 hours and he worked maybe five hours, I was like, fuck you, what? I'm working fucking 10 hours. And uh, you, you just feel like, because of course I'm more invested, so I'm working harder. And, and my business part at that time wasn't, of course, that invested. So you're going to get some grudges because if you are more invested in the company than the other person and you're working 10, 12 hours and you're working five, but you have to give half, that's really strange. So if you would do it, make a very, uh, talk with a lawyer or your accountant, make like a very thick contract where everything is, written down because it's really tricky because uh one when, when it's about money it's a totally different game because i see a lot of people like i saw other entrepreneur friends they they founded a business with their friends and they think it's like fun oh yeah let's do a business together because it's fun <laughs> no it's not fun no no M money is not fun if you have to share it with people like in a business because you're gonna feel i had a, i had like three friends they built their own business and after two months they already quit or were mad at each other they don't talk to each other anymore because one person didn't show up one person uh slept out or whatever no it's it's really tricky if you do it only do it if you really need that person so what i've noticed is the reason a lot of beginners want to get into business with a business partner is because they fear they can't do it alone right like you mentioned before if you only if you actually can do it alone should you partner up but yeah. with beginners, they don't really know that. They don't know what they can and can't do. They just assume they can't do anything. And that with two people who can't do anything, maybe the chances are higher that they'll succeed. That's what they think. So yeah. they, they, they think two brains are better than one. And talking to people uh, who are you know, in business can easily, uh, it's basically, they, they try to make each other feel safer, but none of them are actually getting sales or actually doing the stuff that it takes to succeed in business. And I just see this, it's almost like an epidemic. I don't know where it comes from. It's really confusing. And to be perfectly honest with you, I've also fallen into this trap a few times myself. So no. basically I what I is that they're in reinforcing fantasies and avoiding the hard tasks of delivering and selling and like getting money in the bank. That's what I think they're doing. I, I think that the best solution for this is to surround yourself with entrepreneurs because you still got the the maybe the, the feedback that you need uh you know the, the people that, that can support you but you still work for yourself because if you attract a business partner just to feel safe or to have someone to talk to uh, that that's not a, the the right reason but you can still get the same benefits by surrounding yourself with uh, entrepreneurs you know like co-workers or you know masterminds because you, you're still because i think a lot of people don't want to be alone because like building a business is you're alone. You're alone in office on your laptop. Maybe you got a team, but it's all via your computer. And uh, I think if you, if the reason you want a business partner is to not be alone or to to talk to someone, I would go for the second best thing, and that's surround yourself with entrepreneurs. So you kind of get that feeling. Uh, but it's a very bad mindset to attract a business partner for that reason alone, because that that won't last. Uh, your business won't last that long. Yeah, I agree. And. Another thing you mentioned that uh, with two salespeople, you should compliment each other, et cetera. But here's what I think. Everyone should learn the basics of sales, by the way. That's what I believe. Um, yeah. However, it's definitely better. I mean, if you partner up with, with a business partner who's a technical person, which I recommend if you're good in sales, partner up with someone who's a technical person. However, the technical person should also know how to talk to clients. Because if you have a business partner and he doesn't know like basic communication, basic sales, doesn't matter what he does in the business. It's just going to be weird and he's just going to creep people out and scare away clients. 
even with one email, it's easy to scare away a client. One wrong communication, one wrong way of setting expectations, or when you're sick and the sales call needs to be done and he can't take over, who's going to do it? You know, it's going to take a while before you can hire uh, effective salespeople. Uh, so everyone should learn sales, in my opinion. So let's move on to point number six. Six, like this, actually. So, so basically, it's a very simple point, right? So in my opinion, and based on what I've seen, it's better to incorporate a company, right? So I've seen, I've seen people do this wrong a few times. Uh, they try to keep running a company without making it official. They're trying to do everything in their names, and they're afraid of incorporation, and they start working on client projects. They're already getting paid, right? And it's time for them to incorporate, and they just don't do it. They don't create a legal business. They don't create a legal entity. So, of course, it depends on the country. There's all these rules. Like in your country, there's rules. And, and you know, where I used to live in Belgium, there was rules. But... Uh, I heard that it's better to get a company started to avoid weird taxes, to start writing up expenses, and to very important, the third one, to limit the liability, right? So yeah. because if you fuck stuff up, it's better that your company gets sued and not you personally. And you so, can only do it if you own a, a business, a limited liability or whatever it's called in your country, right? So there's benefits of doing it once you're getting sales, and there's a certain benefits of doing it based on, you know, on professional advice that I've received from really smart accountants. Um, and people are scared of the extra taxes or accountant bills or whatever. But uh, yeah, this can be part of business, but as long as you're doing it in a way that allows you to focus on most of your time on getting sales and growing your business, I think you're good to go. And yes, there are costs of doing things properly and the line between overthinking stuff and underthinking stuff is very thin, but uh, in my opinion, get an expert and follow their advice to the letter. So what, what did you do, for example, Lucas? Because I think you you would disagree with some of this advice, right? No, no. I, like, I, I kind of disagree with, with people uh, not wanting it because of the hustle or, or the money that comes with it. Because in Holland, like, I talked to my accountant. And in Holland, he said, like, yeah, uh, to incorporate your business, it's only logical to do it if you make around 100K per year. Uh, so if you make 100K per year, I don't know why it's such a hustle because if you make 100k you got enough money to pay a accountant to do that for you and of course if you're a freelancer and you're just struggling you don't need to incorporate yourself so you don't need the hustle and the stress you know what i mean so yes. what i've heard like in holland like uh, it's only logical to do it when you make 100k now if i make 100k then i'll just get an accountant do it for me done so i don't need to hustle like oh no how does it work whatever no so i i don't see why that would be a problem Okay. I think you're also running a very low risk business, so uh, probably you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I don't have like employees that that go to uh, on the road to to. Yeah, I mean maybe like a sales guy, but I'm not working in construction or whatever. Like it's all online. Uh, there's very little risk. Uh, yeah, the only person that that goes on on the street is like a sales guy, but that's it. Like everything, like my project manager works inside, my my animators work inside, so it's all online. Uh, so yeah, there's of course less risk. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So cool. I hope this was valuable for you guys. Thank you very much for Lucas to show up, uh, for showing up and, uh, uh, well, answering a lot of questions here and, uh, you know, giving his opinion, a lot of these, uh, issues that a lot of beginners face. So here you go. Two opinions from two business people. Hope that helps uh, everyone listening to this and everyone watching it live. Uh, thank you, Lucas. Thank you everyone for watching and see you next time. So next cool. time, which is going to be in a couple of days. I'll announce it 
shortly. Uh, I'm going to cover the other um, irrefutable laws of business. So we're only about halfway, but we're going to cover all of them. So maybe we'll have Lucas on there. Maybe we'll have another guest. Maybe I'll do it alone, but we'll see it in a few days. I'll announce it. Thank you very much for watching and see you next time. All right. This was our show for today. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast if you like it. I'll see you next time. If you'd like to find out more about me, visit vitkin.net. That's V-I-T-K-I-N.net. Thank you for listening to the show and see you next time.